welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Welcome to episode 111 of the Wine Road. Today, our special guest is Brad Beard, owner and winemaker of Mercury Wine. Welcome, Brad. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. Yeah, it's exciting. You have a, a, a taste room right there in Geyserville. And I know you're recording now from the tasting room, and you just said there was lots of traffic on Geyserville Avenue. Yes, there was a lot of trucks uh, coming in for coffee. It's too early for Diavola Pizza, so I don't know what the heck was going on. <laughs> it's a detour. Yeah, coffee <laughs> shop. Probably the detours, yes, that is true, <laughs> with our with our little bit of our um, fixing, the, fixing the freeway out there on the 101. Yeah, that's what it is, all that action. So, um, as usual, we like to start our day with wine. <laughs> as, as, as we should. As we should. So I did stop by yesterday, uh, your taste room, and picked up a bottle from you so that we could be kind of chatting about the same wines. So I'm going to pour a little for uh, Marcy here and a little for myself. So it's the um, Morvedra that you have that you gave us. It is. So um, It is my uh, 2016. It's a wine that I call the elements. Most of my wines are named versus what the varietal is. And uh, this is kind of a rare bird for Alexander Valley in general. It is uh, 90% Mavedra, 10% Grenache. Um, so two of the uh, classic Rhone uh, varietals that uh, we've blended together. And uh, I don't think there's much more than like three or four acres of Mavedra in all of Alexander Valley. Yeah. yeah, you don't see a lot, but this is lovely. What It's got a really lovely body, and um, I, I can almost feel the Grenache a little bit. How, how does that add into your, your blending it gives it a little lift, it seems. It really did. Um, you know, if, if you're not familiar with Mavedra, Mavedra would be the background blender in the Rhone, like Petit Verdot and Cabernet Franc would be in Bordeaux. So it is a late ripening grape. It has those wonderfully thick skins. Yes. Um, one of the few grapes that I can actually identify as I'm going down the road uh, looking at vineyards because it actually has this little blue uh, hint to it uh, as it's ripening. Oh, wow. And um, for some reason, that makes me think that there's a little blueberry in this wine. Mm-hmm. But, but, but you are correct. So as, since it is a, a heavier, more full-bodied grape and Grenache being a lighter grape, but Grenache giving you those wonderful bright cherries with the spice, I think it blends very nicely together. This is wonderful. It is. It's like a spicy bowl of wonderfulness for breakfast. <laughs> well, it's like breakfast blueberries and cherries. Yes, it's kind of today. like a elevated Fruit Loops. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> it is. And um, the other reason why I just love uh, the Rome. Uh, in general, and for me, I don't know what it is, but they seem to uh, age better than my classic uh, Cabernets um, and uh, Merlot's do. So this, to me, is a 2016, is a very young um, wine for me here. That's what uh, I was, I'm I, thinking if it I'm definitely could be, age. Uh, drinking uh, my my element, it would be uh, waiting a couple more years and uh, a little more of the pronounced blueberries will mm-hmm. come out. Yeah. But, uh, right now, tasting fantastic. And the Rhone varieties seem to do quite well in our area. They, they really do. You know, I, like I always say, uh, when I chose Geyserville, I chose it because it's truly, for me, the mecca of not just wine, but mecca of growing grapes. Because it seems within 40 miles in any direction, um, I can find another 25 microclimates right. to grow grapes fantastically. Yeah. There's nowhere else in the world that does that. You know, you look at the distances between Bordeaux and the Rhone and, and from Champagne, they're all hundreds of miles apart uh, to find a perfect growing region for X. 
But for here, you know, if it's in the Alexander Valley and happens to be up on the western-facing slope and getting all that nice, good sunshine, you can plant so many different types of grapes out here that will do fantastically. Yeah, it's really true. Our microclimates, it really almost follows the topography. I mean, we have so many little nooks and crannies, and the, the climate follows. It's true how diverse it really is. It, it really is. From the coolness of, you know, the Alexander Valley, Russian River around Healdsburg, Windsor, and then as you're coming, you know, north, you know, we've got that little bit of a box canyon at the end of Cloverdale, which retains a little more heat. So about six degrees in temperature uh, at some points difference, and that, that really uh, has a lot to do with what you're going to be able to ripen. And since this uh, Mavedra is at the top of the or the north end of the Alexander Valley. It's the probably the only way we could get it to ripen to give you those wonderful rich flavors. Otherwise, it would have to be a background blender, just like in the Rhone. Yeah, no, this is showing really quite nice. But I could see how in a few years it would really be more fully developed too. Yeah, for for me, it it you know, and I'm I'm always hypercritical of all my wines, and and when I show this to people, you know, they're just uh, lapping their lips and, and loving it. But I, I'm wanting a little more complexity and a little more of this to come out uh, with the aging because I do like uh, my wines a little bit of age on them. Mm -hmm. so, Just like we like our podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hit that oh, on the mark. Not my wine. I thought <laughs> I had a second. A little bit of age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The wine's getting to me already. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't normally start with wine in the morning. <laughs> Well, as a uh, uh, as a winemaker, your palate is the most sensitive uh, in the morning. Sure. So yeah. when I'm doing my blends, they right. always start uh, early in the morning so that I can have a much more sensitive palate. So on the I'm going to go with that. <laughs> on the days you're blending, do you have a like? Do you forego coffee? Do you forego toothpaste? I mean, what do you do to make sure your palate's right? You know, fine tuned. Actually, um, in France, when I was. Um, Hanging out with some of my uh, fellow winemakers over there, they uh, chose to not brush their teeth before they uh, tasted. Mm -hmm. And I have always decided, since I grew up brushing my teeth every day, that I will figure out how to make this work without. <laughs> so what I will do is I'll get up and brush my teeth right away. Yeah, early. Uh, yeah. Get, grab a cup of coffee, get right. to start washing that toothpaste flavor uh, right. out. Right. And uh, my favorite is uh, fry up a couple of pieces of bacon. Uh -huh. um, because your palate does need to be buffered with a little bit of fat when you're, fat. Um, yeah. when, you're, when you're tasting these wines that have high tannins or high acid. And so it doesn't matter if I'm doing uh, white wines uh, or uh, bolder reds, I'll start my day with a couple of pieces of bacon just so that I can coat my uh, palate so that those uh, mm -hmm. acids and tannins are a little bit more balanced. There's a reason to become a winemaker right there. <laughs> start your day with bacon. <laughs> that is exactly why I became a winemaker. Like, when I found out that all people, that some, like uh, these sommeliers and these uh, wine buyers, all they did was uh, drink wine and eat great food all day, I was like, that's the business. Fine, I fine paid yeah. for that. I think someone should invent a bacon-flavored toothpaste uh, for winemakers. Gross. <laughs> Uh, then all of a sudden I'd be eating it in the middle of the night. What the yeah, heck is yeah. there? Okay, so right now um, with uh, tasting rooms are open as long as they can have outdoor seating. Yeah. Um, and do tastings outside. So what's the situation there at Mercury? We are so fortunate that we have a parking lot in the back of our tasting room, and we've now transformed that into our outdoor tasting, where we have, I think, uh, 16, 20 umbrellas, barrel tables. Uh, we've begged, borrowed, and stolen 
our families and friends uh, outdoor furniture, <laughs> and we've uh, put together a really nice tasting area out and back. And one thing with that, from day one, we were always going to be going above and beyond, you know, what the government was mandating, because, you know, the last thing I want is any uh, transmission here or any of us to get it. You know, um, uh, there's no reason to be open if we even have a hint of things right. might be going wrong. Mm-hmm. So we were we had already purchased a bunch of Govinos. We knew we were not going to be washing glassware because we identified that as, you know, our probably our biggest point of transmission for us and them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the government mandated food, which then didn't put a risk to the customer, but put a great risk to us. Right, yeah. Because now we're handling things that have not just been, you know, breathed upon and, and right. tasted upon and all of that. Uh, so that was a little disappointing for us, but we put in very strict and rigorous policies on handle how to handle that. So we're gloving up as we're, as we're but now we're bussing tables, right, not just pouring wine at a distance. So uh, we were all gloved up. We've all been masked. And like I was saying to you guys earlier, you know, not only masks, we also have these uh, awesome face shields so that, uh, you know, you, we can still communicate because uh, being masked kind of garbles things. You know, it was really our mission to make sure it was the safest it could be. And now our mission is to make it as comfortable as it can be, where, you know, last couple of weeks we were, you know, up in the hundreds, and so that yeah. made it impossible for us to right. actually uh, taste outside. But now that we are down in the mid-80s with these gorgeous, cool mornings, it's fantastic, but we've, you know, been purchasing more sales and just covering the area so that if it does get warm, it's not only a safe environment, but a uh, comfortable environment for, for our customers. It's, well. it's just so confusing because we did a really cute video saying, you know, the taste rooms are open and it's outdoor seating. And people keep writing on our Facebook page, well, you need to take this down because they're closed now. It's like, no, they're closed <laughs> for indoor tasting. The outdoor <laughs> tasting is open. So, you know, uh, we represent wineries in Alexander Valley and Dry Creek and Russian River, but in all of Sonoma County, there are well over 200 wineries that are, in fact, still open because they do have outdoor space, just like you. They've been, if it's not a big vineyard setting, they've been created with, you know, their sidewalk space or their parking lot space. Or Yeah, and even a couple of uh, folks that I know at some smaller wineries have done virtual tastings where they can drive up and where they'll give you uh, sample bottles of things and you can go to a safe area or your hotel room right. or wherever you happen to be and run through your tasting and taste their wines uh, as well. So we are being creative so that we can uh, continue to stay in business. And, you know, it's not just us. It's all of the things that, that make Sonoma County fantastic, right. you know, with our fantastic restaurants and hotels and our the beauty of our of our county. We're trying to save all of those things, and that means that we're saving all the people that are uh, involved in all of that. So, if you uh, were thinking about coming up to, to to Sonoma County, please do. But we also are entrusting you to do the right things. Uh, I don't know anybody that's not allowing people to wear masks. Everybody oh, will yeah. be masked yeah. right. Uh, right. until you're in your spot. And, you know, that way we can be as safe uh, as anybody can. And if you have the slightest issue, just don't come. Right. Uh, come come two weeks later. So you mentioned kind of briefly about the people who are doing sort of the virtual tasting thing where you can pick up like little sample bottles or, you know, do something clever like that. But I've noticed on Facebook Live, you have been going on a pretty regular basis, I think, usually with Jim Ricards. <laughs> I have. Here's the thing. I um, have been... <laughs> <laughs> on, on TV, I don't know whatever you call it. I've been doing a lot of YouTube videos and stuff like that. So Jim Ricard, a uh, fantastic friend and close neighbor up here in Geyserville, have been doing 
virtual tastings. And so with Jim, we uh, have been doing uh, little food pairings. We've been out in the vineyard. We've been talking about, and we've gotten great response because uh, we were getting ready to do a bottling. And so every other week we would tell you what we were preparing for right. to do a bottling. And then for me personally here at Mercury, I love cooking as much as I love making wine. And so we're doing happy hour, uh, happy hours with Brad every Friday <laughs> at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And so my brother and I will sit there and uh, taste through some wines. And then what I do is a week before, I produce a cooking video of uh, family favorite recipes. But we're running out of those, so I'm just picking new recipes to create. And then we do a little pairing with them and posting those uh, recipes and cooking videos. I can tell you that uh, the response to that... Uh, not just with uh, thank yous, hey, thank you for giving me something to do on a Friday night while I'm locked down, but the uh, financial response has also been fantastic as well. Oh, my gosh, I've got to grab that wine and try that pairing. So for someone who hasn't, you know, and especially, you know, during the first, you know, six, eight weeks of the COVID when no one can come to your store, having people order some wine online has been absolutely fantastic to help keep us going. I think, you know, the silver lining for this to me is that so often People, you know, when they were coming here on a regular basis, they're going to the tasting room and the tasting room staff may be super trained and maybe super hospitable and do a great job. But people weren't necessarily meeting the winemakers or the owners. Yes. And during this, if that's who's online. That's who's doing virtual tastings. It is the winemaker or it is the winery owner. And you you have to do it enough that you're not just talking technically about some certain wine. You're talking about yourself and about what you're doing and about your family. People are really getting to know you. And I think that that, that's just making such a connection to the consumer from wherever they are in the country to the wineries. There, there's, I know there's plenty of folks that have discovered my wine, like in Chicago, but their friends were here and they've never been here. Right. And so, yeah, you can see a picture of me and I might have had a little bio, but you really didn't know what was going no, on. No, uh-uh. And now they can make that connection with us. And the other really exciting thing, so I'm running through these uh, tastings and food pairings. Now you get a bottle of wine from me. Let's say you are in the club, but you were, you know, you joined my club uh, 10 years ago and you live in New York. Well, now you can click on one of my videos and it's like I'm giving you your own private tasting. Exactly. And it is. It's been fantastic for me personally, and I know with Jim uh, as well, we're doing a better job of communicating to the people who love us, which is there is a silver lining to this whole thing. If you like wine, you have a better connection with the winemakers or the wines that you love than you've ever had. Absolutely, hands down. I mean, I just totally love it. And people are doing a lot of other things, like I've noticed on uh, Jim's, oftentimes his Instagram and his other things, he's had the nests of birds, and first we have a nest, and then we have some eggs, and then we have the little babies, and, you know, I think it really just shows people also what else is happening in the vineyard and what else is going on this time of year, so... Absolutely, yes. His owl owl, uh, Facebook, I think, has got 6,000, 7,000 views. And it just gives people that just that much more of an insider view, I think, that everybody dreams like, oh, it must be so amazing to live there. And I'm like, it's like, yeah, this is the this is what makes it amazing. It's all that part. You were correct. And, and you know, Jim and I, as, you know, smaller uh, producers that didn't come in with 
the larger uh, aspects of things, right. especially when you mentioned how many uh, wineries are open right now in oh, Sonoma County. Over 200. Over 200. Yeah. So if you thought you knew wine, you don't even know wine if you've not been to Sonoma oh, County, no. because I'm going to go out on a limb that probably half of those people don't distribute or you can even get outside of Sonoma County. No, no. Yeah, because there's actually, there's and there's four, over 450 wineries. And so of those, over 200 are open now during the outside only tasting situation. <laughs> so. Yes, that's right. Because I think I was, you know, an old, and here's another kind of fun fact. You know, I started 10, uh, 10 plus years ago, and I think I was winery, you know, operational winery number 200 mm. in something, you know, yeah. 210, right. 220. And so now we've got so many more amazing boutique wineries out there. It's even hard for me to get around and taste all these things. It's it's really difficult. And you're right, most of them are not sold out of the area. So you do have to connect with them online or, you know, come to visit and and get those wines. What about mercury and the elements? What is your background in geology or chemistry? Or uh, It's very interesting, your naming conventions. Tell me about that. All right, I'll focus on the naming uh, first. Uh, my uh, surname is, I'm, I'm Bradley Beard, and most people will go with uh, Beard Family Vineyards, Beard Winery, uh, but my other good friends, the Ramazzotti's, who I share my tasting room with, what a great Italian name, yeah. Ramazzotti Winery, just, you know, rolls off the tongue with all those Z's and I's. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, is, is it about me, or is it about the place, or is it about the wine? And over the years of coming out here, when I discovered Geyserville, and I, I knew this was where I wanted to plant my roots because I was not born and raised here. I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. I was like, okay, fine. How did, uh, so I started doing the investigation. How did we discover that this was a great grape growing region? Well, it all has to do with mercury mining. And uh, in the late 1800s, uh, they discovered mercury uh, up in the geysers and then out in, out in the Armstrong woods. And the train happened to stop here because there were little tours that went out. But Long story short, Geigerville blew up as a mining boom town. Even though the mining wasn't here, it was off in the hills, but this is where the train stopped. So mercury mining brought immigrants because people needed to do the mining. And the immigrants that were uh, coming here at the time were Italians. And so when the Italians got here, they looked across the landscape and they said, oh, my gosh, this looks just like Tuscany. And so the Italians brought the tomatoes, the olives, and the grapes. So in a roundabout way, mercury mining brought Italians, Italians brought grapes, and grapes brought meat. (laughs) Uh, I I did want to focus on poisonous metals that we uh, harvested out of the ground (laughs) and created super fun sites. So I decided to become all things mercury. And so mercury... Mercury is an element, so that's why this wine's called the element. I've got a wine called the Rocket. I've got one called the Mercury Messenger. And, of course, our super world-famous black lab is named Freddie. Uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> and then I ran out of clever names for some of my wines. So some of my wines are called Sauvignon Blanc and Viognier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. great. As far as my background, uh, so born in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, the parents who didn't drink a lot of wine, so I was a uh, backyard beer and tequila aficionado. <laughs> um, and uh, with our proximity to uh, Mexico down there, a few years went past, and I ended up working at uh, the Marquesa, which was uh, in a super fancy resort up in North Scottsdale. Long story short, they were a uh, 
the only Michelin-rated Spanish mm. restaurant in the United States, and mm. I wanted to work there. And if you wanted to work there, you needed to know wine. Right. And oh, so I actually got introduced, instead of being born and raised out here in California, I got introduced to all sorts of European wines, and, and especially Spanish uh, wines. And that's why, uh, well, Mavedra yes. uh, mm-hmm. in France is called Monastrel in Spain. And so I love uh, Tempranillo and Albarino and those things. And then I realized with the Psalms, the, the people who were uh, selling the wine of these things, I was like, oh, my gosh, these are the people that run around and drink wine all day and eat great food. I'm like, I have to do that. So fast forward a few years, I ended up as a regional wine buyer. And fast forward a couple years after that, I opened up a small distribution company because now I knew small boutique producers all around the world, mm-hmm. and I was importing those. And then um, I like to say one bad decision after another. I thought <laughs> it was a great idea to start making wine. Opened up uh, during the recession in 2009 10 been been having a blast ever since, though. Cool. I mean, I live in Geyserville. I, I, you can't get it any better than this. I think so, too. It is such a cute little town. And, uh, yeah, I always try to convince people when they come here, just spend a day. Just park your car at one end of Geyserville. And, you know, there's plenty of great restaurants, great little taste rooms, fun little coffee shop. You know, I and love the antique store. And oh. Jilly's. So yes. if you've uh, maybe tasted a little too much and you need a little walkabout, uh, yeah. we have um, our uh, antique store. And then don't forget, uh, we have the Bosworths Mercantile Shop, uh, made it 105 years. Yeah. They're not a mercantile anymore. They're just very beautiful Western wear. Uh, my gosh. So we call it 60 Yards of Awesome, but you absolutely can spend the day here. I think so. I, I definitely think so. I could spend the day in the antique store. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it's a big one, actually. It's usually a problem, but yeah. <laughs> a lot of good things to see. So, Brad, I have a question. Are you still making your Chardonnay on the skins, your um, skin fermented? Yes. Um, and uh, we did change. Uh, we do call it skins now. We originally called it orange because that's what you would call a white wine for right. the skins because it gives you that orange hue. But now we just call it skins. And technically sold out uh, at this moment. But here's the exciting thing. Um, in August, we will be bottling uh, the skins. And because it is more like a uh, red wine because we fermented on the skins, we have to let those tannins settle down. So I would suspect sometime early next year we will have the skins back. Nice. We did a big, uh, I guess this was maybe four or five years ago. It's been a while, yeah. We did a tasting in the office, and I wrote them up, and I remember the mercury so well. It was my favorite. It was the 2015 made of Chardonnay. I was so impressed. Thank you so much. You know, and it was the style of making white wines for, you know, probably a 1,000 or 2,000 years. And then, you know, we discovered pressing it off the skins, you know, as the wines... Uh, developed with the uh, modern world. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, and it's it's super trendy too. So you know, I like to think when <laughs> so I first funny. made that back in two thousand nine, I I uh, you know Google and of course Google told me everything uh, <laughs> that, that I was the only idiot making uh, skin contact wine according to them. And now it I wouldn't say it's popular, but you can absolutely find it, which is oh so even incredible. Yeah, incredible when we did our blog post and I put it out to our members, I said to Marcy, I'm not going to find anybody, and I think we had maybe like, eight or nine. About I don't know. Nine, no, nine. There's quite a yeah. few. Now How fantastic yeah. is that? Yeah. Yeah, so I do some unique things. Uh, now that uh, other folks have uh, caught on, it is not as unique, but what makes it fun is you now you have other representations, which, you know, there's never been a number one cab for me. I've always liked, you know, 10 different cabs. Right. So now then I did the um, 100%, 100% sparkling petite Syrah. Oh, 2017 wow. with um, Penny over at Rack and Riddle, of course. Uh, actually, she's 
one of my main mentors, and she's the one that turned me on to uh, American Tempranillo. But she's an amazing sparkling winemaker, yes. and she convinced me that I should do that. And that ended up being one of the most fantastic wines I've ever made. More winemakers in Sonoma County bought that, I think, than other people because people wanted to see what the heck a sparkling petite Ciroc is yeah, like. Right. <laughs> uh, so it is affectionately known around here as Black Bubbles because it's dark as night and as uh, full-bodied as a red, uh, but a lot of fun as well. David Cafaro makes one. Oh, does David Cafaro have a yes, sparkling petite yes. oh, Awesome. customers need to know if they, they're thinking of maybe heading out? We are very limited in seating, of course, mm-hmm. and seating. So right now, call. You need to make reservations. If it's during the week um, and we don't have, you know, very many people back there, we'll, we'll take walk-ins mm-hmm. uh, safely. But we're doing 11.30, 1.30, and 3.30 as our, as our seatings. And same thing with the Ramazzotti's. So if you wanted to taste two wineries under one roof, you can make an appointment with us and an appointment with them one after another, okay. and then you can. Uh, but we'll keep you seated at your same spot. Right. We'll just take care of you. But please give us a call. You can get that from our website or go to infomercurywine.com and uh, shoot us a email letting us know that you'd like to come up, and we will get you a seating. And we'll also help you if it's going to be a warmer day. You know, we'll try to encourage you to get here to maybe start your day here since we don't have as much, you know, shade as we would like mm-hmm. so that it's not too hot on the patio. But uh, we're doing a really good job with uh, the safety and, and seeing a lot of great people. And it's, it's just great. We do encourage people to come and see us. Yeah, all the wineries right now, because they have to do seated outdoor tasting, everyone, no matter what, no matter what it was in the past, it is reservation only. Yeah. Um, but just like you, I wouldn't hesitate to call that morning. Or if you're driving around, call later because if they don't have, you know, if if they have the space, they'll take you. So don't put that off and think, well, it sounds too complicated. You know, I have to go way ahead. Just call. Please call. And then that being said as well, if you want food, don't forget uh, there's not any indoor dining. So the outdoor dining uh, is limited up here as well. So you need to make reservations with that. And so if you were going to be trying to make a lunch here, you know, maybe schedule your Diavola uh, pickup around the same time that uh, you're doing the tasting. It is a little bit more work on your side, but if you do that work, it's going to be a much more pleasant experience up here because you're not going to have to worry about trying to get a table at Diavola. You know your food's just going to be ready when you want to go get it. And so they could pick up their food and take it to your spot for your tasting? Yes, we are allowing uh, folks to do that, especially encouraging people to, you know, get Catelli's or Diablo or Sandwich at the Coffee Shop or Market. Um, And then uh, one other quick thing. Now, Geyserville Grill, which is our other restaurant Mm -hmm. with American Fair at the north end of town, they do have large outdoor seating areas. So if uh, Diavola is full or or we're full, there is a good possibility you can get a reservation at uh, the Geyserville Inn. They have great uh, classic American fare. Actually, I just did a video pointing out some of their great things uh, for dinner. They've got a beautiful chicken piccata. They just uh, do it magically. Uh, beautiful short ribs. And uh, if you're wanting something light, they've got a brand new Sonoma dip that's fantastic as well. That's so great. It sounds good. It is. Trust me. I get to do the video and eat all the food. You have to taste test it. Yeah. My happy hour. <laughs> so um, it's great. Oh, my gosh. And I, I would be amiss. I am so sorry. Uh, we have a new brew pub. I know it's brew pub, but they do carry our wine yeah. and stuff like that. But we have a uh, new brew pub. And Grady calls it a gastro pub because their food's fantastic. Where is it? 
It is called Corner Project. Uh, if you remember, Route 128 was right there. Oh, yeah, next yeah, yeah. To the, uh-huh. So they got their spot, and they've been a wonderful addition to our town, and their food is spectacular from their duck sandwiches, their meatloaf oh sandwiches. Duck sandwich. um, I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, the chef that they have is just fantastic. That's great. I'd seen it advertised, and I thought, I can't picture where this would be in Geyserville. So, yeah, it's yeah, right around the perfect. corner from the, or you get the, the mini mart there on the yeah. AJs, and you get, it's tucked all the way yeah. in, into the back, so you almost have to know where the heck it is yeah. to find it. That is awesome. Okay, so let's see. I think um, the only thing that I would suggest to people coming also is to don't hesitate to go on to wineroad.com. We're trying to do a really great job of keeping everyone really up to date on what exactly is happening at the moment. And there's links to, um, there's a link that says happening now. And if you click on happening now, all the wineries are posting their virtual tastings because they're all doing different days of the week, different times. And, you know, it is, again, a really great way to get to know, really get to know winemakers and their personalities and, you know, talk about their wines. Um, some wineries are still offering um, wine specials or shipping deals. That's all on wineroad.com. Anything else we need to talk about, Mercury, before we head out the door? Um, I think that's it. I just love, you know, not just promoting myself, but Sonoma County in general. If you haven't been here, you should. And if you've been here, you know that it's just a magical place. And uh, definitely, you know, maybe if you haven't been out to a winery, but you uh, they're having some sort of virtual tasting, check them out. And if uh, the wines sound interesting, give them a call and uh, buy some wine. We would sure appreciate it. You know, going back to the fact that uh, probably, I don't know, 70, 80 percent of us do not have any retail presence right. anywhere around the world or even in our own county. No, this is uh, it. The only way that we're selling wine right now is direct to consumer. So it would sure help us out a little bit if you bought a few bottles. And Brad, the best way for people to reach you is through your website? Is and I, not... I think it just info at mercurywine.com and then Grady, Anna, or I, because there's only three of us, uh, will respond. All right. And so we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put a link to your website. We'll put a link to this beautiful wine, the element. This is lovely. Thank you so and much. We'll finish this off. Yeah. We'll take, and, it's in good uh, hands. <laughs> I was actually curious if you've had a sip lately because I just opened mine as well, but mine's opening up beautifully yeah. now that it's had a half an hour to breathe. All of that subtlety and nuance and even a little of that blueberry is kind of popping out now. Go get myself a bacon sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's every day. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been wonderful talking with you. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the wine road. All Thank right. You. Thank you, guys. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.